Welcome to the Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs> no, that is the penalty box. Mm. It's <laughs> I'm not 100% sure I'm following this conversation. I don't, yeah, I'm lost now. But either way, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready to start running time? Yeah, we can. Wow, I hope that's that's all you need that. info. What's that? I hope that my info carried over. Did it? Looks like it. I did not even for a second what? go into oh, um, our Microsoft, um, not notepad, what is it? Uh, OneNote. OneNote. Jimmy's OneNote. Dude, why I still it? love the OneNote, never even looked at it. And I support the OneNote. I yeah. should have put the agenda in OneNote. I mean, you built, should have. I know. I'm building that on Word like a sucker. I've been trying to figure out how to turn Jimmy's uh, OneNote that he shared to us as a a shared one like something that we could all access but i just found an open i'm i'm investigating open source open notes source. oh okay well i mean uh, that so would be uh um, i'm going to be converting Evernote. isn't Evernote open source i don't Evernote think Evernote is. No, that's, that's a no. private company that's a yeah. Software, yeah. um i did find a couple though i, I mean i'm all, i only just dabbled on it because i was so deep into linux today that i didn't the, i've i've um, looked into those the, I joplin feel like they were very feature less <laughs> Joplin looks almost exactly like one though. Does it? Mm -hmm. It's probably gotten better since I last researched it, but when I looked before, it just didn't do what I was looking for. No. Enough to replace OneNote, at least at the time. So. I mean, I don't really use many features in the OneNote. Well, see, like, I have Every now and then I like to insert a spreadsheet, but I really don't need to. I mean, you get pretty fancy with it. What's that? Inserting spreadsheets and stuff. <laughs> uh, you don't do that? Uh, no, I mean, I do. I have... Uh, one, uh, something called OneTastic installed. It allows you to run macros and I stuff. I've never heard OneTastic. Of that. Yeah, it's like a third-party software. That's that's why I won't go beyond the 2016 version of One OneNote. So you have that installed on your OneNote application? Yeah, it's like a plugin for it. Okay. And you can write macros. I didn't even know OneNote had plugins. I want to steal that's, that. I think it's the only one. Oh, is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. It's it's kind of cool. Like I did it because I wanted to organize. And instead of having to sit there and drag and drop everything, you can just run a macros through this tool. So would you run macros? Um, I mean, I don't know. Fair enough. Man, well, I, don't, I know macros. What is? Explain to me what macros is. It's, it's just it's basically automating something within um, a Microsoft program. So with OneNote, for example, if I wanted to sort my tabs alphabetically there's not really a function in uh, OneNote to do that so someone out there was smart enough to write a macros for it so I can plug that into the one tastic thing and then hit run and it'll auto do it does anybody, Dude, what does macros stand for that's an, I, uh, I, I need either. that I, that's exactly what I need because inside OneNote it's like you can't organize you sometimes want to make things alphabetically mm -hmm. it's horrible yeah. It's kind of like what you put in top of a spreadsheet in Excel when you're going to Don't go over the top alphabetize. of the macros, though. I have made some yeah. wildly confusing Excel spreadsheets by dumping way too, okay, getting way too weird. I actually stopped using macros in Excel yeah. just because I was getting way too nuts with them. Well, at a certain point, it's not Excel anymore. Like, <laughs> no, it's like a database. That, you know, only you understand and nobody could possibly use, even you at some point. Yeah. Or it becomes like an access. Like. Yeah, but except everything's better than Access. Access is like the worst software ever written. Really? 
And I, I've known access people that love access, and I think there's something wrong with them. Like they're damaged mentally. Like wow. they probably had bad things happen in their previous. I don't think I've opened access since uh, 2005 or six when I had to in a gen ed class. <laughs> well, I mean, and it, it's a cool concept. I like what they did, but it's basically it's just Excel. Yeah. With you know software components like tied into it. Yep. I mean, but it's all if you look at the core of Access, it's a bunch of spreadsheets all mm. tied together, and then with an interface, you throw throw a cover on it. Yep. But it's trash. <laughs> I mean, it's an absolute <laughs> trash heap to, to to run long term with multiple users. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's great if you need to, like if you want to organize something for your house. I could see it being useful. You know, you wanted to have all of your tools in a database that you can search for how many flathead screwdrivers do I have? I don't know what you do if you have a lot of tools. I, I could see that being maybe useful, but as soon as you get like five or six people all using it at the same time or 10 or 15, it just, the thing's just untenable. Yeah. It's the word of the day. Untenable. 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 Do we get to do the Pee Wee Herman thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody knew it. Perfect. <laughs> I always liked the chair. Yeah, I did too. It yeah. was my favorite. The chair was the best. Totally dating ourselves right now. Like, oh, absolutely. There's some like 22-year-old kid watching this right now going, Access. These guys suck. <laughs> they call Pee -wee themselves Herman? a tech podcast? Hold on, let me Google Pee Wee Herman. Oh, this Jesus. My kids love Pee Wee. Get out of here, really? I, so I started with uh, Big Adventure, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which Jax refuses to watch anymore because of the large March scene. Uh, but then we started watching the TV show because it was on Netflix. Uh, and... They love watching it. Okay, I could see that. I loved watching that when I was a kid. It, it is awesome. kind of timeless, dumb humor. Yeah, there's I mean, nothing to date it. I mean, you do know the the two, the only Pee Wee Herman joke I know, right? Well, no. Two guys got shot in a the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> two guys got shot in the back of the movie theater. <laughs> Abe Lincoln and the guy in front of Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> come on I don't know a lot of jokes it's, I'm doing the best I can here it's, and it is horrible you're correct it's a terrible terrible joke uh -huh. I don't know how you decided to say that I don't know do we have to back this thing up <laughs> no I, I think forward. we're okay we're good okay. Keep your own. I didn't make the joke All right, don't, don't kill the messenger I did propagate it now on the internet so I apologize could have found it on your own alright everybody it is October 27th, and today we are talking about open source software. Specifically, I think we're going we're gonna to probably hit on Linux pretty good. Yeah, I would think how, so. How do you not? Yeah, you have to. Uh, Tyler, Jimmy, I'm Craig. Um, I mean, some of the stuff we're going to cover today, we're, we're going to talk about open source software in general, just kind of hit what it is, why you might use it, what the purpose is, what do you care uh, we're going to talk about some of the more popular open source uh, programs and, you know, spoiler, you may be using one now. So I Big don't know, but we'll talk about them. We're going to hit it on Linux. <laughs> What's that? Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Well, technically, I don't think Bitcoin would be open source. It is open source. It's listed on the open source list. I guess it is open source. Yeah, but you can't. Ethereum's open source too. I guess yeah, you do have access to the source. You can't really mm -hmm. change it. There's not open development. Well, you're forking it. So it's you're forking yeah. it. So it would be a closed um, open source. It wouldn't be open for. But we're not going to talk yet. about crypto, yeah. right? Uh, well, how long? Actually, you have to talk about crypto. If, I don't even if the topic's <laughs> open source, you have to talk about crypto. Now you're just you're seeding the crypto. You're just trying to make a point. Uh, and then we're going to talk about security with open source. Um, I mean, I don't know how you don't. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's very important that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, that's all I had on my list of stuff to kind of cover. But is there anything that mm -hmm. I missed in your research that you want to get into? No, I think that, that's spot on. I have a new word I want to talk about. Lay it on me. Tyler inspired me. Is that the word? Tyler is that's a long word. Yeah, it's kind of long. Cloptastic. Oh. <laughs> Gonna hijack that. You you can't hijack a word that has your own name in it. Yeah. Like, that's like giving yourself a nickname. Well, I took, you can't do it. I took the tastic that was added to the end of one that he said earlier. Wait, you told me that your new word was phenomena. <laughs> one tastic. <laughs> See what I did there? Because it's Craig Stonehoff. Phenomena. <laughs> phenomena. I'm pretty phenomena. You're, you're phenomena too. <laughs> yeah, and I'm claptastic and you're phenomena. Yeah. You're, uh, I got nothing. You I need, McCully doesn't really work that well. For you need a word. Good. You need a word, Tyler. Um, <laughs> But crack, crack, crack. I have another one. I have another one. What's that? If I had a doppelganger, mm -hmm. it'd be clopple doppel. If you had a doppelganger, his hair would be gray on top and his beard would be dark. Yeah, that's he would. would. Everything else would be exactly the same. The two of you would get along <laughs> phenomenally. It would be weird. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get into what. So what is open source? Anybody want to tackle this? Like what? Like, do you want me to do this? Like, I mean, it's because. I mean, community-based software. Yeah, it's really what that's, it is. That's really all it is, yeah. <clears throat> that's all it is. You, can, you can see the source code, whereas something like Microsoft or an Apple piece of software, you're not going to be able to see the skeleton, essentially, for the software. Uh, with something that's open source, you can see right back to the original development. I'm fairly positive if you did ever see the actual source code for Apple. I think you're on a list somewhere. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure. Yeah. And yeah. Like, don't, I wouldn't, I'd have people taste your food from that point forward because <laughs> they're going to put you down. Yeah. They protect that code like nobody's business. It wasn't actually the Russians doing those hits over in Europe. It, it was, was Apple. Apple. <laughs> like I knew too much. Yeah. Well, isn't, and Apple was originally based on Linux, right? Wasn't, I isn't, think all of them came from Linux based, I, didn't they? I get the idea. I don't know about Microsoft. I thought Microsoft was kind of an offshoot of the old, uh, um, I don't even know. Maybe it was. I have no idea. No, I don't. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I can't say because I'm not a tech guy, but it seems to me like open source software is actually just code floating around that's being shared. Like everybody's pulling from it. I would venture to guess that Microsoft, because I mean, if you go into Linux, I mean, things that are in Microsoft and Apple software, you have all the basic functions that belong to nobody. So... No, you, you, I, you. This is something I wanted to ask you guys about today. What's that? Was the fact that I, I get the impression open source coding is just floating around on the internet right now, and anybody can tap into it and grab a piece and incorporate it into software that they're designing. I mean, yes and no. And, it depends on the open source software itself and how open it is. So, I mean, open source is a broad term, but very few softwares are just wildly just open. Most softwares have some sort of limitations. Either you have to submit changes for approval through somebody who's governing it, yeah. or you have to go through their GitLab to work with existing developers to get it approved. Like there's usually not truly open source. Something's, it's usually started by someone and somebody's kind of owning it. Now there are truly open source programs out there. Yeah. Like just everybody's kicking in, they're developing. If it crashes, they all get in and they fix it. But at a certain point, by the time people like us are going to be introduced to it and we're going to have any type of useful functionality for the normal humans, there's some sort of organization to it, even if it's open. 
somebody's making sure that you don't completely ruin the source code and yeah. and just you know destroy the brand name of sent os or whatever mm -hmm. it is so truly open source but yes to your to your point if you have access to the source code you can't really maybe necessarily edit it without approval from the community but you can, but copy, you can it. copy it and, then, and you can make your own version. Why do you think there's 850 versions of Linux out there? Yeah. You know, they download a distro of Linux and they say, I can do better. And then they start hacking it up and they start rewriting how Linux does what it does and how it interfaces with everything else. And next thing you know, it's so different, they give it its own name. I mean, how many versions of Linux are out there? I mean, I'm just, I don't even have a list here, but you got Debian, you got, you know, Fedora, you got um, Red Hat, Red you Hat, got um, Mint OS, you got Mint OS, CentOS, Puppy Arc, Linux, Raspbian. Ra yeah. I mean, there's so many versions of Linux yeah. out there. And they pop up all the time. And they vanish sometimes too, but they pop up all the time. Somebody has a slightly different, better way to do it, they think. Mm -hmm. And they start writing it. Well, so so before I get away from it, so there, the guy that in the, what is that called? Um, Ubuntu. That was last. Ubuntu. Yeah, Ubuntu. yeah, I love Ubuntu. So, so that dude Jonathan Riddell, right? He he created that, and eventually got kicked out. So he was the creator and the founder of it. But they were. Isn't that classic? But <laughs> yeah. so so this brings like it's it's almost like you know today like somebody builds a corporation right then they sell shares in the stock well then they'll keep fifty one percent so that they can always maintain ownership but. When it comes to like open source software, you just it's just community of people that have come together, and then, you know, and this is the same way crypto is structured. Mm -hmm. You have a community of people, and it's going to be the, the the most influential people in there. In crypto, it's whoever has you have some group of people that have the most amount of coins or whatever. If you get so many coins, then you're entitled to governmental governmental like rights, which means you get to vote on issues that come up. So I'm assuming this is the same thing that's happening in open source. And it almost seems to me like cryptos come from open source. I, it's the same community. Yeah. So the guys that wrote the original crypto, we don't know who they are, um, but it's 100% this type of community. Right. So, so then, so the, once there's a community involved and now you have essentially a board or whatever it is, a hundred people, a thousand people, they decide, okay, you know, this guy's ideas are taking us in the wrong direction that the community doesn't agree on and we want him out. Mm -hmm. So it's like that, you, that owner doesn't really necessarily maintain ownership as the community grows in that. Well, and what you have to understand though, too, is a lot of times in the open source world, if they were in it for ownership, they wouldn't do it as open source. Right. So a lot of these guys don't want to have overreaching control. You know, they're trying to build something to throw it out there. Now, it definitely, it's an ego shot to get thrown off your own project. I mean, that's never going to make anybody happy. But, you know, you're not building an open source program because you want to maintain 51% ownership and you don't want to get Batmaned by the board. Because it, it was Batman that got voted off his own board, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that comes that come to crypto like with Ethereum. So you had the um, you had the spinoff from Ethereum. You had Bitcoin Cash spinoff mm -hmm. because of differences in in opinions. Yep. Uh, Ethereum uh, Cardano spun off. Charles was was yep. one of the founding guys in Cardano. So people are going these these is this. I found this chart. Well, on Linux. It, but it makes sense because Linux is the same way. So most of these Linux platforms are specialized. 
Yeah. So most Linux platforms are designed to do singular things. So you've got Ubuntu is a little bit more general. Fedora is a little bit more general. You know, Red Hat, but Red Hat's more designed towards servers. Um, so Red Hat's specifically kind of a server platform replacement um, or competitor. And then you've got you know when I when I build my Raspberry Pis, I'm not building on Ubuntu. You know, I'm using yeah. Raspbian, or, Raspbian. I, or I'm using, uh, if I'm doing like a gaming simulator, I'm using um, a custom, uh, something that's specifically yep. for game emulation. So are you guys so, doing this a lot for customers? Do you have customers? No, 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 no. For, for customers, we don't like touching open source because it becomes real tough to support. Um, now for us internally, we play with open source all the time. Mm -hmm. So all of our phone systems, and we've got tons and tons of phone systems out there. That's our platform. We build them all on Linux. So it's all built on open. So now the licensing for the actual phone processing software, we didn't build it on a free version of Asterisk. We, we pay for the licensing for that so that we have constant development happening. We always know it's state of the art and that we have support access um, in case something goes horribly wrong. Yeah. But um, yeah, we build them all on Linux. So every phone system runs on Linux. Uh, we only host on Linux. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge Apache fan. I love Apache. I love my PHP. Uh, or MySQL, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, PHP MySQL. Um, I've, I've deployed LAMP servers. I've deployed, um, yeah, you know, Elastics for database indexing. So, you know, those are all open source programs that we deploy. We just don't do it. Even our primary application that we run our entire company on, which is our ticketing system and our CRM, we wrote that. The whole thing's written on, on Linux. Mm -hmm. It's all, you know a combination of JavaScript and PHP MySQL and, you know, a bunch of database tools all running in a Linux environment. So I am a big Linux fan, but I would never sell it to somebody else um, because I don't know if anybody watching this has ever played around with Linux, there's a pain in the ass to deal with. I say even the ones with GUI uh, are kind of terrible. <laughs> I mean, they, they work for what, depending on what you're looking for, but... But you're not going to want to run it as your primary desktop. I, if I had to run Linux all day, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be very happy. Uh, it's it's fun. I have a couple uh, Raspberry Pis that just have Debian installed on them. Okay. With a GUI, uh, and that's just more for like. Like I have some of my my Raspberry Pi split between two different systems. Okay. Uh, I, I saw the term the, Raspberry Pi, but can you like? Oh, yeah. on that. So uh, Raspberry Pi, I guess, in some ways, is an open source computer. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and it's it's a project that was started. I don't even know how long ago. Like you can order computers the, from play. They're about this big. Uh, oh. A Raspberry Pi is about that big. It it's really, a, all it is is a motherboard. Motherboard. A tiny with little motherboard. Maybe some ports on it. Yep. It was big in the development community because mm -hmm. you could buy things like hats, as they called it. So the original Raspberry Pis didn't have Wi-Fi. So they'd have USB ports you could plug something in, but you could get a Wi-Fi hat that had it integrated. What's People a Wi-Fi hat? It's a, it's essentially just a board that another board that connects to the Raspberry Pi that gives it Wi-Fi capabilities, the ability to to uh, be connected wirelessly. So it's a it's an open source board it, it, at its base. You, you use an SD card with uh, Linux installed on it. Plug that in. That's your operating system. That's your memory. Uh, but the board is just really just ports and, and the, the intelligence or the motherboard. A, a normal human being would probably never use a Raspberry Pi. What, would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think they'd discover it as quickly. Yeah, and, and I don't think they would enjoy it. Like a normal person that's not into computers mm -hmm. would probably not enjoy the experience of a Raspberry Pi because when you get it, there's nothing on it. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's just it's a motherboard, and that's it. Every component you want to buy has to be bought separately. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy kits that come with some a lot of the stuff, but I mean it doesn't even come with a power switch. So you got to buy your own. You usually got to buy your own power switch. You got to rig it up. You, you you've got to buy your own SD card. You got to download power switch. But you mean an on off button? Yeah, it doesn't have an off. <laughs> yeah, it's just plug unplug. Yeah, if it's That's plugged it. in, it's on, and if you unplug it, it's off. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, this is basic. I mean, you can buy these things for like it's a it's, functional. Computer and so, what do you like use it for, bucks. Tyler? The board itself is thirty five dollars. Why did you get it, and what do you use it for? So I had originally I got my first Raspberry Pi because I I was into what's called Arduino. Mm-hmm which is a, an open source microprocessor. So you could build like robots and stuff with it, which I just found because I was in an industry that we used a lot of microprocessors and just wanted to explore it. Start uh, when I started learning about Raspberry Pi, they had something called RetroPi, which is a game emulator. So, you know, I wanted my, my son to play the video games I grew up playing. So I got red, Raspberry Pi, installed RetroPi, and then he could play like Super Mario Brothers. What was the first game you downloaded? Super Mario Brothers. Was it? Yeah. Mine was Don- I went Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Yeah. I wanted Sunny to see Donkey Kong. <laughs> she hated it. She's like, this game is stupid. Really? My yeah, kids like them. Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I should download that one for us. You mm-hmm. would love it. Donkey Kong Jr.? Didn't do Donkey Kong Jr. I did do the original Pac-Man. Um, and I did, remember Earthworm Jim? Mm-hmm. I downloaded Earthworm Jim. I just put that on ours not too did long you? ago. Did you? Yeah. God, that game is frustrating. Was I don't there. remember it being that frustrating. <laughs> it was terrible. That was a terrible game. Asteroids? <laughs> Asteroids. I never did the Asteroids thing. You could definitely get it, and it's out there. But. Yeah, you can, I think PlayStation 1 is, I mean, there's emulators for PS2 and stuff, but it's not, the Raspberry Pi is quite underpowered. I d- it was just recently I bought the Raspberry Pi 4 to switch my RetroPie over to okay. because it had a higher processing power. PlayStation 1 plays a little bit better, whereas before it would just freeze up. Gotcha. I, to give you an idea, I have every single gaming system um, deployed mm-hmm. on my RetroPie ever made up to PlayStation 1. Yep. So I've got Dreamcast, all the Segas. All the Nintendos. I've got the Ataris, the 5200, the 6100, whatever they were. I got all of them. Every single system is on there. Not every game, because you got to download the games individually, and then you have to install them on your on your system. Um, but I, I can. So I go on the internet sometimes to just look for a new game for Sony, and I'll just grab the SD card, put the game on the SD card, plug it back in, and it'll put you're, itself. On you're that. doing it so old school. You got to set up SSH and just transfer it right from your PC. No, I should. I well, the thing is, she doesn't play it, so I stopped uh, working on it. Yeah, um, I did it more as a fun project with her. I made her build it. That was no, a good idea. So the same yeah. thing. If you look over there in that corner, that PC right there, which is our uh, uh, virtual reality PC. Yeah, I made her build that. That's a good idea. So, so my brother else. got a arcade game, you know, a box, mm-hmm. and then they had a computer. He put a computer in there, and the computer has all these old arcade classics on it. I, so you can I, flip through. It's probably. I a, was gonna say. I feel like you crack that open. It's a Raspberry Pi. Probably. Or maybe. I mean, a I, more advanced than a Raspberry Pi, but basically, it's, it's, it's based a, off. It looks like yeah. a. It looks like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like a tower. I don't know what's inside it. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I, th- I think a lot of those like do you ever see those little gaming systems that like Nintendo released and stuff. Yeah, you just plug them in. I feel like that was their way to curb people downloading RetroPie mm. uh, and installing it, or they were just building it. Dude, off I want that. Raspberry I want to get. I want to get one of those. It's games awesome. with all the or- just old build arcade it. stuff. Gotta get nerdy, man. Seriously, you for, go to the dark side. Seventy-five bucks. Should I do it? It's. I, I feel like you wouldn't enjoy it as much as Tyler and I enjoyed it. I, I think you would have fun 
like putting it together. And then when you got into the software side of things, it would probably get irritating. And for the most part with RetroPie, if you don't really want to mess with it, it's download the distribution, uh, copy it to the SD card and plug it in. And then you're, you're set up. So there's, you don't have to do any of the crazy stuff. Just add That's games. Either, and just update it. Yeah. Dude, we should do, do we should do a show and build a freaking arcade classic. We should just do a show and, and an hour of us, you know, having a full on fully game tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should do we should build, help everybody build an arcade classic. Fine. We'll play Joust. <laughs> joust Joust. Yes, Joust. Yeah. This guy gets it. Yeah. Um, joust was awesome. Yeah, jo- I got Joust. Do joust really? too though. I just Joust too. It's, a, it's for good. my PlayStation One. It's an arcade classics game. Ah, okay. It has like uh, Beer Tapper, Joust, Moon Patrol. Beer Tapper. That was uh, the dumbest game ever. <laughs> I, we, I don't, I, you can't even sell that now, could you? Like, <laughs> it's Root Beer Tapper. It, oh, it's Root Beer Tapper. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I can Politically see that. correct, you know. The woke made that one. I love how I love how we can't we have to we have to change Root Beer Tapper or Beer Tapper to Root Beer Tapper, but WAP is still like a huge song. WAP. Oh game. yeah, yeah. That's because she's W A P. Yeah, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. If you don't know, you're not missing anything. Yeah. No, I, I, I know what song you're talking about though. It's like my favorite <laughs> meme from like Facebook, is you know we had to, we had to cancel Baby It's Cold Outside, but W A P is the number one <laughs> song in America. <laughs> I always laugh every time I hear that. Um, no, but that stuff's cool. And Raspberry Pis, I would agree with you. Raspberry Pis are kind of like the open source hardware. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was made for. It'll only really run Linux. You're not going to put Windows on that thing. Um, that said, somebody did figure out a way to put no, no, no. There's a way to yeah. do it, but, <laughs> but you don't want to. You're do not it. going to. Yeah. Like, it's not what it's for. If you're gonna put Windows on something, build a PC. Yeah, exactly. And there's already yeah. a roadmap to that. Um, so I'm thinking about taking my old Dell and put. I want to put Linux on it and every every everything open source. Like, I'm not going to buy any software. Do it. I would recommend Chris, Ubuntu. Yeah. Which uh, one? Ubuntu. Yeah. But Ubuntu desktops a great OS. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I the thing is. And you'll realize once you start running it, it's not Windows. And so it won't be Windows. So what yeah. I found what I found interesting as I was doing all the research, and you have all these, and you guys spit out a lot of the categories. So, so the way the way it was broken down, and I got a reference because it's not second nature to me. So the way, if we're if we're helping people understand what it is, I found this really cool article which we should put the link on, and it referenced it. It made a. Uh, uh, what's it when you they compared it to a car like like an so analogy an analogy there you go so <laughs> i knew that word was gonna pop out. i just couldn't get i don't it. know why that made me laugh so hard. i just couldn't get it to come out of my brain so anyway um so but they so they <laughs> you get jimmy a dictionary just to keep one hand <laughs> we don't need it you speak fluent jimmy. yeah true yeah. <laughs> yeah that was cloptastic dude that was cloptastic that was phenomenal so so it's it's related like it called the operating it, it called what it was windows nt was the their kernels right so i i saw the the term kernels so linux was a kernel and and windows nt was a kernel and mac uses xnu that's its kernel which is like the motor of the car and then everything they put in around it like the like the the operating not is it the operating system or like like the visual aspect of it becomes like the body and then like if you're upgrading wheels and stuff like that so it was pretty interesting it helped me understand it gotcha it helped put it in a term for a person who's not computer 
literate or tech literate to, to be able to relate it. And gotcha. No, that makes sense. So, so it was a great, I thought it was a, it was a, a great link. I think we should put on that. I'll tell you, in the computer world, for some reason, cars always work as an analogy. Yeah, I feel like you told me that on day one, and it's proven true every day. They always do. It is, it is weird how well that works every single time. So go ahead, sorry. Um, so I, what would so like they called like distributions, right? So distributions were distributions um, was like well they broke it down into being what a shell, which was the distribution being like the I guess the platform that's operating, and this is the what you what you were saying. What, what's that one you told me? Uh, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. So that's like it was analogy to me. Yeah. So, so they have all these operating systems and then you can like customize like the different, like if you want a music software, you want a calendar, you want to like, so all those applications, you like custom build everything. Right. And, and you I sort of built, like when I get a computer, if you buy windows, it has all these programs that are pre-installed in it and you don't know what they are. You don't use half of them. Right. But when you build a Linux system, you get to pick everything and you know exactly what's on there. Yes. Yeah, I, I think roughly. half the reason. Go ahead, what no, I was just going to say roughly and. You have to be careful because there are a lot of developers out there who will make stuff for it. But if there's something you want that's not there, then you need an advanced knowledge of how to make it. And it's not just, you know, a simple thing. Like when you look at Linux, like even I would say in some of my GUI-based uh, Linux installations, I still have to go into the terminal quite a bit to oh, do yeah. certain things. Absolutely. Which is tricky if you... You either got to be really good at Google or know what the hell you're doing. Understand the terms. That's yeah. what's the most challenging thing is when, when I was looking at it, is understanding the terms that are being used and, and linking everything together. And I found this killer map of, of Linux, and it, it was a map, and it showed, like, everything from how Linux started with the, what was it, the stack thing? What was the first... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Man. You need better notes. Or maybe a bigger screen. Yeah, no. you, you got to upgrade. It. Get off that phone. Yeah, where is that? I, where is that? We'll get you an iPad. It's, or no, sorry, we'll get like you a Linux pad. It'll put everything in a Linux pad. I don't have, we'll I don't get have, you an Ubuntu Android. Yeah. I don't have my, my notes yeah. wide enough, and it's shrunk down to like an inch, and now everything's like real long. So, but it's, it like kept spawning off and they have this whole schematic and this diagram about how everything would, would jump. Well, what like I was different, but I always thought it was cool. Did you ever look at an evolution tree? That's like what it, it looks is. like that. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see like entire races of Linux will die off. Yeah. Like entire yeah. like, or they, or they'll off. jump it to another. Yes. Uh, what do you call it? Like a new distribution. Uh, basically it's a different distro. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll merge with another thing. distro and then they'll yeah. become a new distro. Yeah. It's like a it's, map. It's a crazy tree map and it shows you everything. Well, like, and it makes sense because you've got millions and millions of people all contributing to this code and sometimes it'll diverge. Sometimes it'll, it'll recombine. Um, I will say one thing that's really interesting is how much influence the open source community has had on, on windows and Mac. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of windows features, um, not most, I shouldn't say most, that's an unfair claim. A lot of windows features are, are born from Bill Gates going, you've got a great piece of open source software there. We're going to buy it. Yep. And if you don't sell it to us, we'll destroy you. Um, I mean, the guy was, was brutal, but I mean, and that's what I was saying earlier at the beginning of the show, how it's like this, like it's, it's like code that's just out there that everybody keeps 
compiling in and adding to. And, and, and I like Linux. Like what we, what we don't want to do is we don't want to imply to people that running Linux is, is a, a valid substitute for running a well-defined operating system. So, I mean, now open source, we're talking about two different things here. So yeah. Linux is just an operating system. So it's just like Windows, it's just like Mac to a certain de degree. It's like um, Chrome OS, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit different. But and and the idea is that you have this thing runs your computer and you install applications on it. Um, that's all Linux is. So Linux is cool, but we don't want to like overinflate its role in the community. But it, it is definitely an awesome resource. It's an awesome way to, to 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 run a computer if you know what you're doing. The cost of ownership is high meaning you know you you need to know how to take care of that i mean it's it's like having a puppy i mean mm -hmm. you gotta walk it you gotta feed it you gotta i mean this it's not gonna take care of itself it is not designed to be worry free it is designed to give you unfettered flexibility um, and to be an alternative to things that you know a lot of people in the linux community just flat out hate microsoft and apple they just up like visceral hatred. You talk to them and they get like like a little vomiting about it. Um, so there's a real emotional commitment here to the open source community. And Linux is just the, the avenue into that community. I'm a Microsoft guy. I like Linux. I said that earlier. I like Microsoft because I can get the stability and, and the reliability of a well-defined, well-crafted, well-built operating system. Now, if somebody's going to argue with me on that, I guarantee it. But let's be fair, it is. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, whatever. I get the updates, they're just gonna happen. I don't have to worry about it, I don't have to run them. Um, but I also can still install open source applications. That's why I like Microsoft. So I can still download and install my, whatever, I can, I can use KeyPass if I want to. I can still run that whether on the cloud or locally, or I can run uh, Firefox, that's my favorite browser. Yep. I can just run Firefox right on Windows, that's open source. I can run VLC Media Player. Mm -hmm. I love VLC, I don't know if you've ever used it, but that's an open source media player, it plays yeah. everything. Um, and you know, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't run LibreOffice, but I could. You could, You could yep. put that on Windows. Uh, Thunderbird, again, I don't run it. I'm not a big Thunderbird fan. I think it's kind of a dead program, but some people still run it. It serves its purpose. It does. You don't want to pay for Outlook. You have Thunderbird. Absolutely. And then there's some smaller ones. I don't think I could live without. I mean, Putty's open source, right? Putty, yep. I mean, it's I use open source. Putty 20 times a day to SSH into things or to access. You know, I use FileZilla yep. all the time. FileZilla's open source. I think we, isn't Notepad++ open source? Notepad++ is. I love that. We wouldn't be able to record this podcast without... Yeah, we, yeah, this is our open right. source. This whole open podcast source. is open source. Yeah, and even, yeah. So, I mean, so there is more than one way to skin an open source. Like, you don't have to run Linux to run open source. Right. Um, now, I will say, if you're running Mac, you're not in the open source world. And they're not going to put up with that crap. <laughs> you're probably not going to be running too much open source stuff. But if you're running you know, Mac, you don't want to. But it look, you know, the the most of the platforms I looked at resembled mac and there are open source programs for mac they you can they, they look like they look ma like mac's layout with everything across the bottom like it's, the operating system i mean some yeah. of them are specifically to look like windows but for the most part all the ones i looked at look like mac now wait do you see windows 11 it kind of looks like mac <laughs> yeah everything kind of looks like mac yeah they all rip each other off and right now mac is cool yeah so they're all doing mac now they'll do something else three years now. I've been through so many rotations in the IT world. So it depends who's hip and who's in. So, Stackware, but you're right. Stackware was that. 
what I was trying to say. This Stackware? Time. Yeah, that's where Linux started. It was like that was the, okay. first, the first Linux. Gotcha. And then it started spinning off the different. I was always a, uh, a CentOS guy. That was where I started out Linux. And that's all command line. I don't think there even is a GUI for that, is there? Cent? Not as far as I'm what aware. What is GUI? You guys keep referring to A graphical <laughs> user interface. Oh. It, yeah, it's like what you yeah. click on in Windows. Yeah. Sorry. Like, yeah, a yeah, true yeah. Linux distribution is going to be just a black screen where you type commands into, like sudo apt get. Well, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, so Never there's, a, well, there's a lot of those now. Yeah. So that's what I looked at. I looked at about, I've, I looked at a bunch that were, they looked pretty good. Like un, that Ubuntu, that Kombutu, the one that they make like about you know, five or six ones that look. We got to take a break, but you know what I really want to do? I want to schedule a follow up after Jimmy. We, we should make Jimmy run Linux. Yeah. For like a, like like a month. Yeah. And then have a follow up show where Jimmy tells us all the reasons he effing hates <laughs> Linux. I'm down. I'm down. I'm gonna I'm gonna You're make in? I'm gonna make my laptop the all challenge? Linux. Yeah. Oh, we got to get a trophy if he makes yeah. it too. Yeah. Like not a good yeah. trophy, like a plastic piece. Of <laughs> I was looking for the platforms <laughs> I want to use. But, 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 uh, so. Or a scepter. An open source <laughs> trophy. I was looking We're to use. Look, it'd be like a book that's open. <laughs> yeah. And we just pick source stuff. inside. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's good. But see, there's like desktop. You should spell his name wrong on it too. <laughs> you should call him like Jami. I'm going to do it. Or I, what, what do you do? We'll just call it Cloptastic. Cloptastic. It'll, yeah. it'll be the Cloptastic Award for. If I make it, stick to itness. Yeah. <laughs> for for, um, I don't know. We'll come up with it. We'll come up with it. Suggestions, always welcome. All right, we're gonna take a break. Um, we'll be back after these words. Yeah. Thank you. Something <laughs> like Ubuntu, there's gonna be a lot of standard default drivers in there, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not guaranteed, especially on an older computer. What what well, they they make like desktop environments. I mean, they they're gonna have things that you can download that are somewhat not necessarily i would tell you if you're going to do it to at least have another device nearby so you can google are we back in here we, it doesn't matter that's fine. yeah because um, if I, we split the hard drive i have a terabyte hard drive well no i wouldn't i mean i would say to if you're like what i'll do because i i'm not very uh knowledgeable with a lot of the linux stuff is there's things that I know, but there's a lot of things I don't know. So I always have either another computer beside me or my phone so that I can Google what I'm trying to do. Because there's guys out there who just can whip it out. Yeah. Whoa. Well, yeah. Whoa, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's not like it wasn't already. It's not that kind of Linux. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm not so sure I want to pick this. I think it'll be fun, though. But no help. Yeah. No help from Life and Arc. Not from us, no. No, okay. he's on. He's on his own. Yeah. It's don't. So, be, don't be calling me at nine o'clock at night saying that no, I can't I'm get on, to my Bitcoin. So, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, that's the other thing I was thinking. Like, what if you put, you know, like that's my biggest fear is having my exchanges safe. I mean, look, you do not run Linux exclusive. Mm -mm. You just don't do it. But like, would I even want to log into my crypto accounts? Web based from Linux. I mean, yeah, they're all web-based, right? Or are yeah, you downloading the application? No, everything's web-based. Man, they're fine. Yeah, fine. Well, there's a, there's there's um uh there's like a, like MetaMask, you know, that's like a, a browser extension type deal. Yeah, browser extension stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? All right, fine. You want to talk? Let's. This is a nice dovetail into security. Yeah. All right. So there was I don't know the current numbers, so I'll have to look those up. 
but I remember this was not that long ago, maybe three, four years ago. They did a full historical analysis of um, security on the big three operating systems. They did Mac, they did Windows, and they did Linux. I don't remember exactly which distribution of Linux that they ran their testing on and what they went back historically on, but it was one of the big ones. I think it might have been, might have been Red Hat. I, I don't know. Yeah. It would make sense. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. They, they, they kind of treated it just as Linux. You want to hear what's crazy? Yeah. The most secure of the three. Uh, you know what I'm going to tell you? Which one was the most secure? Linux. Windows. Windows. Was it? Well, I, That's I, not true, though, because everyone tells me Mac is the most secure. Oh, well, if everybody tells you that, then I've got to believe it. Did you read it on the internet? Probably saw it on the internet. <laughs> uh, the guy, the bathroom Google attendant. It. At the restaurant told me that too. Well, how they, we don't, the guy knows his stuff. The dishwasher at the restaurant? <laughs> he had an iPhone. I had to believe him. All right. Well, I'm fine. All right, you want to go that route? What, what was number two? And I'm going to tell you, it was a close second. It was, it was almost awesome. Linux. Yeah. Number three by a long shot, Mac. It was the least secure. And that's supposed to, that's being promoted as the most secure. Yeah. Do you know why? Because nobody writes viruses for Mac because it only has, what, 8% market share? Not enough money in it. There's no money in it. They don't have servers. So even if they do gain control of your Mac, they're, they're, it's small potatoes. They're not going to get to anything because <laughs> yep. they're going to get to your Mac. Like it's only your stuff. So they don't do servers. So there's no point in, in breaching it for a large scale attack. And they only have less than 10% market share. So mm -hmm. if you write a virus specifically to target Mac, best case scenario, even with 100% infiltration, you're leaving 92% of the market untouched. Yeah. There is no mathematical reason to write a virus for Mac. They found that Mac is just riddled with holes, but nobody exploits them because it's not worth, it's not worth <laughs> my time. Exactly. It was, it's, yeah, it's funny because my brother just decided to buy a Mac. Uh, I was helping him with like, oh, what Dell to get and stuff. And he's just like, I just, I just bought a Mac. I'm like, why? What's the most secure? I said, really think about this. Do you really think it's the most secure just because they have the best security or is it because hackers run a business and they want to go where the money is not and once i put it in that position for me uh, i guess that makes sense but i mean at the end of the day it doesn't matter no i mean technically he's right it's the most secure because if you're flying under the radar using something that nobody wants to hack you are secure yeah true i yeah. mean it, it, i'm not saying that mac's not secure i'm saying that mac's not the reason mac's not secure right yeah. <laughs> like they're not doing anything to be secure they're just not very good at selling they're just unpopular. <laughs> i mean they're that's... secure by unpopular vote yeah yeah basically they're secured by nobody giving a crap um and windows is super secure but everybody wants to hit windows because you've got immediate infiltration of just about every business network on earth mm -hmm. plus 91 percent of every pc user so yeah. you write yourself an effective virus for windows and booyah you know you're guaranteed to have distribution you know what they so do now Windows with, is a victim of their own success mm -hmm. so in the crypto world what they're doing with the hackers is if they they're rewarding them so the guys are hacking into into exchanges or into different coins and they'll actually pay them millions as a reward and bring them on board to work for them well yeah that's, that's, that's white, white hat hacking yeah, yeah. white hat hacking Oh, yeah, we talked that's, about that. That's how a lot of the modern security industry got started, I'm Absolutely. pretty sure. I mean, it's pretty I, genius. You I know? do white hat hacking. 
I mean, I, I do that. We yeah, did. we did talk about this. When yeah, you, customers asked when me you to... pulled up to that dude's office and you hacked it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, that wasn't a white hat hacking. That was just me being a, a young prick. That was your early days. <laughs> that right? was my yeah. early days when I was young and just getting started. Uh, old man Stonehaw, the wise, mature version that would have a beard if he could grow yeah. one. Um, you would sit at the desk with the customer now and show him how you. I would, would be confused and ask Tyler to take a look. <laughs> really, Tyler, what's he doing? What's ha am I inside? <laughs> yeah, and I'm getting older. That's what you yeah, do. Yeah, Tyler, take care of this. I got to order pencils for the office. Deb, Deb, can you get the pencil order in? Yeah, no, I'm useless. That's thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> it's a good, 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 good thing. Backside of this podcast is going great for me. I like this. Um, <laughs> No, I was always, I, I would wonder, I would like to see the updated numbers on that. I wonder if Windows is still, but I feel like Windows has done a lot. Uh, and I think mostly it was a perception thing, but they have done a ton, I, in a lot of ways, a ton of things I hate, but I know it's good. But like forcing updates and things, they never forced updates in the past. Now it's like, you know, you got three days and just going to shut your computer off on you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they are doing a lot of things, but you got to remember, they were fighting perception. I, I, I mean, even if only... You know, 0.01% of all PCs got hacked and 10% of all Macs got hacked, it would still be more PCs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how many PCs yeah. there are out there. So, you know, in just a numbers game, they'd looked bad. Yeah. So, you know, they, I think they've done a good job. Now, Linux, well, Linux just, does a I good just, job. I, before you go away from that, I just did an update on my computer and none of my off, Microsoft Office works. Well, yeah. I can't open any of them. Look, I'm not, I'm not telling you Windows is great. Yeah. Thanks for the update, now, I'm by just, the way. I'm just telling you that, uh, you know, they're better than others, maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Look, Microsoft is a pain in the ass. All right, anybody in the industry knows that. Mm. They really, really are. They write crappy patches that break your stuff. They force you to do things. Like, they're just irritating. They're getting mad at me because I won't upgrade. They're getting mad at you because you won't upgrade. They're just, I don't know. Yeah, they probably, they'll probably do that too. I'm sure all sorts of weird <laughs> stuff will start happening as soon as Windows 11 is fully absorbed. You know, it's, yeah. they're gonna push you out. But you know, isn't that the classic Apple argument too? That's, isn't that, a new Apple phone Every tech company planned obsolescence is, yeah. is a very real thing. Absolutely. I can't prove it, but I believe it. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I mean, I'm not sitting here touting Microsoft as a great company or as the end-all be-all. What I am saying is that Microsoft fills a niche between the complete open source of Linux with the wild, wild west experience of a computer and the complete Gestapo Nazi, you know, you do what I say of Apple. I don't know. I, that was supposed to be a German accent, but I feel like that might I mean, it, it works. You're German. Is that insulting? Aren't you German? I have German ancestry, yes. All right, so you didn't get mad at that one? No. So I'm cool. I, I did. We were here after all of that, so. Are you German too? Yeah. That upset me a little bit. Should I be sitting here? What are, what? what? Oh, I'm American. I was saying I'm American. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, about? cool. I don't, I don't have enough no, in me to be anything. I don't know what I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have like 6% of one thing. You're full like, mutt. Yeah. I am full on mutt. That's, that's how. You're the true melting pot. Mm-hmm true american yeah like, that's why i'm gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> i didn't make it that way america did thanks abe lincoln <laughs> i don't know what that means um they sit in the, that's why they've been so successful they sit in the middle they they give you enough convenience that you feel like you got your stuff under control but they give you enough freedom that you feel like you still have some control 
and it, it's a it's a knife stance like and they've overstepped at times and their user base has turned on them hard mm-hmm. and they they pulled back they know where they live they live in that fine seam between full control and anarchy and i am not an apple guy but i do own a mac and i like using my mac <laughs> and i'm not a linux guy but i do build a lot of stuff on linux and i really appreciate what linux brings to the table so I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. I'm just yabbering here. <laughs> Somebody say something else so I can stop talking. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Have we even hit the agenda yet? Or are we on? We, this show has an agenda. Our name literally tells us that we're going to break it. So yeah, we're we're good. Actually, right. wait. I'm looking at it. We we've gone. Holy crap! We actually did pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say. Got through everything. Not everything. Not everything. Well, okay. I think we could elaborate on some of the things too. But so. So what I noticed mm-hmm. was that so they're like we you go back to the, the the graphic interface thing. So there there are communities now they're building graphical interface. So I guess they call them the four Linux distros. Yeah. Yeah. So they call them desktop environments. So so now somebody goes and they'll they'll go God, I can't go back and forth with these na- the verbiage cuz I can't Just make up a word. What's just, that one you can't Just Jimmy it. Uh, Definitely Jimmy it. Go wildcard. Yeah. Do it. The distributions. Wait, that was so. That was the word. That was. The, we just said it. <laughs> no, it's that weird word. Ubuntu. Oh, Ubuntu. All right. So you're Ubuntu, talking about Ubuntu. an actual. Just say Linux. We'll, we'll, so the Ubuntu. We'll jump in. So there's a handful of the. Is it what is that? So that's the distribution. And Ubuntu is the name of that distro. Right. So, so there's, there's like and there's like. There's really like five core distros that everything spawned off of. Like that, I, there really are. Yeah, the Ubuntu it's, it's, is actually on the is on that. Um, oh, Ubuntu's been around since like like Debian right? or Debian. Debian, Debian. Right, so Debian is where Debian's Ubuntu. What we build our phone systems on. Yep. So, so yeah. Debian is actually the main a main core that has spawned a ton. That's like oh the, yeah. That's like the gigantic monster of And I like Linux. Debian. And, but there's, again, I don't think the core version of Debian, there is no GUI for that, I don't think. Is there? So I don't know about the core. I know there's Debian Lite. Yeah, I know there are versions of Debian that have a GUI associated with them. But I don't think if you just go straight Debian. Linux Mint is running on Debian and Mint on... OS. Mint OS, yep. yep. Yeah, and so it, I like Mint OS. I do, too. That was yeah. my first jump into Linux. Was it? Was Mint. Yeah, it that's a good place off, to start. Yeah. It runs off on another another branch of debian too is it weird that i feel like it smells good yeah that's i think i really mint? like mint tea which is what drew me to i, I kind of just and i can always feel like i can smell it yep. whenever i'm working with it i'm like i feel like i can i know it's not real i know it's my head but it's a great name whoever came up with that name is, is probably stands for something dumb probably like multi-international <laughs> naming terminal transit yeah terminal and it's like oh well, now you ruined it <laughs> so the linux mint runs on the ubuntu and on the and on the debian so okay. they bring so when when ubuntu first came out then linux mint followed it and then they got worried like that maybe ubuntu wouldn't survive and they and then they went back to debian and they run on both both of those strains now i don't know what you call it but yeah. But anyway, so, so like the platform. It's fascinated by this evolution. I am. Yeah, it really like, is. It's, yeah. it's, it's really mind. neat. Yeah. It's really neat. But so, so then, so then when Mint, when they, 
like when these guys spin off like with Mint, then they'll say, okay, well, we're going to make a operating, we're going to make our desktop environment and we're going to run it on Ubuntu or we're going to make our desktop environment and we're going to run it on SOSE or whatever, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so then these guys are like mer saying, okay, well, we like your system, but then your system, we don't like aspects of it. So we're going to, yep. we're going to create this and avenue. The and then, open source. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's what open source is. And eventually the, the idea here, I mean, this is Darwinism in the computer world. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's this constant evolution where the weak die off and the strong rise up. The, the ultimate idea here is that at some point, a, 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 a king of Linux will kind of appear, or you will end up with a thousand Linuxes all targeted towards, towards a very specific function that you, know, you use Linux in, in a unique way or both, but it should keep heading in that direction. It should keep evolving in that specialized and, and, and right now I would say general, the general ones, Ubuntu does a great job of being a general Linux distribution. Mm -hmm. It can, oh, you can almost solve almost anything on it. Uh, the GUI is well-defined, it, it runs well. Um, there are built-in drivers, so you don't have all the headaches of trying to distribute Linux. Um, Ubuntu solid, Red Hat, obviously solid. I mean, but you do have to pay for Red Hat. Yeah, I mean that is not Fedora. I'm not a Fedora That's fan, right. Fedora, but Fedora is a big one too. These are the general ones that all have GUIs, um, and those three are kind of like they've kind of risen to the top as the big three GUI-based Linux distros. Mm -hmm. um, now the problem is Linux people don't like to just use what they're told. By their very nature, they are nonconformists. They want to they want to write in their own code. They want to customize. They want to build. So. Hence, you're talking to a guy who likes NNOS that builds phone systems on Debian that runs Ubuntu on his computer. Like even I've got probably who has Raspbian and RetroPie. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not even a heavy Linux guy, and I've probably got six, seven distros of Linux that I run on a regular basis. So it seems like so that forking will never stop because <clears throat> nerds are weird. It, like that. It's yeah. it seems like where we're going in the world with technology, it almost seems to make more sense for people to understand Linux than to lock into using. Uh, I will tell you software. what I have learned about people in technology over 20 years in the industry, and that is that the people that can understand Linux would probably enjoy understanding Linux. There is a significant portion of the population that will not. Yeah. yeah, they're just not wired that way. And there are things I'm not good at. We all have things. I'm never going to be a professional football player. It's not going to happen. I, I am terrible at reading insurance documents. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not alone. I, no, I can't. I, they don't make sense. They just turn into a bunch of words that don't fit together. Um, I can't remember names. Like there are things I am not good at. Likewise, there is a significant portion of the population that just is never going to be good at that. That's going to be a thing that will cause more stress than it will solve. There's a reason why an iPad is so dumbed down is because there is, there are people that just want to be able to use technology and will never want to understand how it works or care or necessarily be in a position to really be able to wrap their head around it. Yeah. They, their, their skill may lay somewhere else. And that's why companies like mine exist. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think you're never going to see that type of adoption of a Linux because it assumes that everybody has the capacity of getting that deep into computers and they don't. Or it assumes that maybe people want to know what the computers are doing. And they don't. People don't. <laughs> what people are doing with computers to you. Yeah, I don't know how to fix a car and I run them every day. Yeah. I need to have a mechanic. 
So there are well, that was okay back when they just had engines and, and moving parts, but now they've got computers. Now it's like the computers are like watching you and tracking you and Someone following what you do. Me. What's that? <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking. Sorry. So um, do you think people, when, it get, when we've evolved to that point, you'd think people want to know? Like, no, uh, you know. The, further, the better technology gets, the less people want to know. Yes. Nobody asks, I mean, nobody asks how their microwave works. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And yes. I, you know what? I, I could take 10 random people on the street. I guarantee you not a single one of them could tell me how an air conditioner works. I guarantee it. I'd be lucky enough to pick like an HVAC guy. Yeah. But exactly. how an air conditioner works, they'd be like, <laughs> well, well, it makes your air cold. And be like, well, how does it do that? Well, I don't know. well doesn't yeah. it? People don't, when something works so well that it just works, they no longer want to know. So if I understand correctly how a microwave works, it actually destroys all the nutrients in food. It's right that's how it works like it obliterates it obliterates all the nutrients in the food to the fact where you might as well just eat nothing that's it's not, like you could eat plastic what? and gain no, no nutrients that's, that's, out of it is that's, this like your flat earth stuff are you trying to get a rise no out of us? no this is like are you just picking at us now at the end of the podcast no i'm not <laughs> isn't isn't that what microwaves do i mean no. technically no. you should boil all your food then too because that preserves the most nutrients but well, yeah, but, really a, but a microwave actually—I no, I think uh, microwave actually destroys all the nutrients in the food. Well, so people should care how yeah, it works. Yeah, you, you got to be a raw foodist. Yeah, you should go raw, buddy. Go raw. Chicken sushi. No, I, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> okay. We should probably save that for the next episode. We'll, we'll do an episode on microwaves. <laughs> microwaves. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that, would be a, that would be the dullest damn <laughs> show ever. That would be terrible. Let's talk about it. There's a reason people don't want to know how their microwave works. Because they're like, oh my God, shoot me in the face. Like, replace it with a new microwave. <laughs> they don't even cost that much. Why are we talking about this? Um, yeah, no, but that's how computers have gotten. Like People don't care. They go in and pick up an iPad and they just assume it will work. And if it doesn't, they don't even fix them anymore. They don't no, want to use it. They just want to think and they want the computer to, to tell them what to do. Well, mm -hmm. not necessarily tell them what to do, but they assume the computer will do the thing it's designed to do. Like it is no longer a novelty. It is no longer a thing that people are like, how does this magic wand of a machine work? This is insanity. They just kind of use it. Um, just like they would use a dishwasher or they would use a whatever. Um, yeah. And that's a good thing, but it also, what I have found, separates us from the mechanics of it. Like, you're getting further, like, I, I get this comment all the time. I'll get, a, I'll get a person that goes, well, my, you know, my 10-year-old nephew is a computer genius. You know, he set up my iPad. And I'm like, yeah, no, it, it sets itself up. Like, you just have to know how to turn it on and hit next. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make, him, it doesn't make him a computer genius. That makes him a genius compared to you because you don't know how to set up an iPad. Like, like it's, all, it's all relatively. He follows good instructions. He understands the verbiage that's being displayed. Yeah, or he did this on it. I go, yeah, he downloaded an app. Like, I, don't, I, I, I know what he did. Like, it's, not a, it's, it's not impressive. I mean, can he peel the face off and replace the processor? Probably. No, he can't. He has no idea what's going on in there. Like, he's a power user. And that's what we have. We have an entire generation of power users that have no idea how computers work, but are super good at using them. Uh, but they're actually further away. These young guys I hire are further away from actual serviceable engineering knowledge than they were 10 years ago because they don't need to know. The components work much better. They're designed to integrate. 
you, you don't have to write a driver if you're doing something unique. It's probably out there somewhere. You just grab it. Or it probably auto-detects it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the stuff that used to make you have to understand the, the components well, don't really exist anymore. Like, it's all kind of automated. So you're going to see the next generation of technologies where you're going to see the real engineering people show up. Like, if we get into quantum computing or if we get into, you know, crypto. Some, Crypto, yeah. I mean, I still got a lot of people that don't believe crypto. They don't, you know, you're finally starting to see because there's ETFs, like people invest. But even those people that are investing in crypto now, they have no idea what they're investing in. They just know somebody told them they're supposed to. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you've got people that are genuinely understand how crypto works, but they're not a big portion of the population. Let's. I give people an easy way to earn crypto. How's that? Basic attention token. Right. So brave, brave browser is created that's one of their products right so if you use download and use the brave browser and you set it up to display ads you get paid for allowing those ads to display no dice yeah no no i hate ads nope but you can choose it's the same thing as if you're and i choose no ads and if I you're, so if I you're any other i use DuckDuckGo. <laughs> yeah but DuckDuckGo is horrible you're horrible DuckDuckGo does not return good results. Get out of my press conference. (laughs) Dude, I am so sick of DuckDuckGo. Every time I do a search, it gets me like, it gets me like the 5,000th row of information. I'm not going to lie. At least three, four times a day, I got to bounce over to Google. Because I'm like, it's going to take an hour. Dude, you should give. (laughs) Really? It's always like the first result on Google. Really? I'm like, damn you, DuckDuckGo. Dude, I've been using the Brave browser and it's like, it actually returns good results. Plus like just. I don't even know when ads are popping up. Like if, if say I do a search, if I do a search and a, and something pops up and I click on it because, oh, I want to see what it is, I get paid. I get paid in crypto just for looking at it. So it's like you can earn free crypto just by using the browser and it's only going to, it's still going to, it's still going to. Are you getting permission on this show? I, I no. feel like, I don't know. No. Brave browser. <laughs> it's. You're, Say it ten times. <laughs> I think I've only uh, only earned like you know maybe a, a ten cents a day on the Brave browser, but I mean I, I don't need a dime that bad. A, I've look, I'm, I'm but what but flush with dimes. But <laughs> if you if you go and you if you go if you go and you use Chrome, you're going to get blasted with ads from Google. I don't use no. Chrome. And then if you click on them, you know Google's getting paid. I duck, duck, Where go now, if you click on them, you get paid. Do you not use ad blockers in any way, shape, yeah. or form? Yeah. I use ad blockers on my browser and I have a network wide ad blocker yep. and sold at my house. And I will never use a website that tells me it won't load if I have an ad blocker. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then I'll never use you. Yeah, and I just move on to other sites. <laughs> and I'm like, forget you. I was like, I don't do any of the ad stuff. But if the things that. Because re- you know what? And the, the reason why this is so dumb, I don't like how much they know about me. <laughs> I don't like that I'm thinking about buying new shoes and they start showing me shoes. Showing I shoes. don't like it. I understand how it works. I know all the mechanics. I understand the marketing mechanisms. I just feel like, you know, get out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yeah. So. It's, all right, so we're technically done. People yeah. probably want to go home. Because in my mind, they're all sitting at like a sports bar watching this. What? Yeah. Like, what? yeah. Cheering every time Jimmy makes fun of me. Like, <laughs> yeah! And then they all have to do a shot. <laughs> so. Go contractor, dude. Any, any, go contractor. Go wild card. <laughs> any final thoughts? Anything you want to bring up before we go quickly? Like one minute each? Or everybody, did we cover everything? Guys, I think cover? we're good. I don't think we got into security as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Uh, my a- one final thought I would like to say is not all open source software is made the same. 
Yeah. Um, like there is open source software I trust and I love, like Firefox and and like uh, you know like FileZilla and stuff like that. Please, for the love of Pete, if you're new to open source software, do not just go out and download anything you find and just trust it. I, like verify. Yeah. I, well, that's that's the key. I think if you're going to use open source software, and I use a lot of open source software, I don't just find the first result. I make sure it's from the original developers. Yep. And it's it's still a supported community too, right? You don't want to go buy a dead or not buy, but download a, a dead open source software. And even if they don't talk about it, if it's a supported community. You can tell by the last update date. Yep. Do you see when was the last time they released an update? Or you could technically download something that's just built to be a virus, right? Exactly. That's or where you want to go to be some kind of. That's where the caution comes in. You got to go to a trusted source to download your open source. Go to that source, and if they redirect you to a GitHub or um, uh, another place to download the repository, the package, or whatever, then you're probably okay. But don't go to. I don't even know what some of them are called anymore. I don't know. Either. Just don't find a random. That's one. the most confusing thing about it. It is. Is it that is. it runs you to all kinds of crazy lists on different various websites, and you're like, "What is all this?" And and just to be clear, a mirror server is just another place to download it. Yeah. Don't be worried about that term. I don't know right. why they even use that term. It's so irritating. Um, but you do want to verify wherever they're sending you is a legitimate place to download software mm -hmm. from, because otherwise. Kind, okay, so what kinds of software would be bad? Like, I, mean, I, I don't know if there's a bad, but if you're looking for like, I use a ton. Like the what I my Photoshop replacement is open source. My Illustrator uh, replacement is open source. Oh, I found a new video editing software for you that's open source, by the way. Which one? I'll give it to let you. me know. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Um, you could find different distributions of those because somebody forked the code at some point and made their own. But I typically would always start with the original, right? Like paint.net is one I use. Go to their website, you can find their download link, go to their GitHub, see, track, see the track changes and stuff, and be able to download it. There's a little bit of work to do it right. Now, mm. some of this stuff is so well established, you don't have to worry about it. Firefox. Yes, yeah. If you go into Mozilla, you're fine. Yep. You don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, same with KeePass. You know, there's, there's no, there's no spinoffs yeah. on KeePass that I know of. Or, you know, FileZilla is pretty, pretty safe. But there's some stuff out there, um, especially when you get into stuff that by its very nature has access to your files. Mm -hmm. um, like there's a lot of different types of file explorers out there. I mean, I would say hundreds. Everybody wants to make their own. They have a better idea for a file explorer. You, you want to make sure. And you can always search, too, and say, you know, find a type and then find out you know run a separate search for where's the best place to download this or run a separate search for uh reviews like is this is there security yeah. holes in this does it have a history of you know crashing my computer because some of them it may not even be a security risk but if it's poorly written software you can install it on your computer and next thing you know your computer's crashing constantly because it's just buffer overruns or, yeah. or it's it's improperly using ram or it just isn't compatible and as open source nobody's checking this stuff it's not like an app store where you go and you have to submit it and it has to get approved before it's available. This stuff's just out there. All right, so, so, so then with that said, what are the terms of the Linux challenge? Terms of the Linux challenge. So what am I, what am I supposed to do? So I got to download, I, I'm going to take my laptop. I'm going to convert it to Linux. You know what we're going to do? We'll start the next show. We're going to iron out these terms. Okay. All right. And you're going to sign them. Okay. In blood. <laughs> okay. And then tomorrow we'll, or next week we'll open the show with you, with you going over the terms before we get into that topic. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll set a start date and end date. Yeah. And then I'm assuming there's some sort of extreme and uncomfortable punishment if he fails. Yeah. 
but there's also a cheap plastic trophy if he wins. Yeah. Those are solid Perfect. terms. That's awesome. Yes. Oh, there's going to be yeah, the cheap plastic trophy. Can we negotiate? Yes. What's so that? Can we negotiate the cheap plastic trophy? It's just going to be something we can drop a quarter in and turn the dial and something pops out. <laughs> yeah. Always, absolutely. <laughs> you can pick the machine. That's no more than a quarter. <laughs> if they make those anymore. Young's Dairy owns a cornfield. I think you should have to run backwards through it naked. I got to shave my head. I had to shave my head and run naked through the cornfield. No, no, no. I would not shave off those beautiful locks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'm envious of that hair. If you keep that stuff, I'm not a monster. Thank you, everybody. Tyler, Jimmy, you guys are amazing. Everyone out there, thank you. Have a great night. Hope you learned something. And if not, maybe you smiled. Have a great day. The Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs>